everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Digital Marketeer. I'm your host, Stephanie Beach, and today I am with Brandon Roten, C- Chief Marketing Officer at Ground Truth. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, I'm really excited to have you on today. I know you guys have been doing some really fun things, so excited to chat and learn more about it. Um, just to start, I'd love to understand your background, a little bit of your career journey, and how you came to Ground Truth. Yeah, so I started on the agency side, a B2B agency that's now called Merkle B2B. Um, that led me to Wendy's, where I got to build the digital social team and then take over advertising there for, for several years. Uh, saw some awesome growth out of that that work. Um, led me to Papa John's, where I was CMO. And then to Potbelly, where I was CMO, and um, and if there's kind of a bread thread throughout uh, the stuff that I've I've been kind of honored to be a part of, it's usually rebranding, reworking media more focused on digital and performance, uh, typically ROI related performance uh, as it relates to the PNL, and then uh, and then building up teams that hopefully uh, drive business for a few decades, which is, uh, is sort of where we're at at this point. That's fun and exciting. Um, some really great brands there. Mm-hmm. And taking the soiree from brand to ad tech is a little mm-hmm. bit different. What made you make the leap? Well, I uh, I decided to slow things down after Potbelly and with kind of the intention to retire and took on some advisory roles to sort of stay in the industry and, and stay connected and sort of fell in love with Ground Truth and what they offer. So Fundamentally, Ground Truth uses real behavior, things like location and purchase data to build media that that ultimately creates real business results. So I think that's a, a, a niche that's desperately needing to be filled right now. A lot of marketers, especially in, in early in their sort of duration as a CMO or as a, as a marketing leader, uh, they're challenged with putting points on the board pretty fast. And mm-hmm. that's really, really hard until you've made some significant changes to your, your brand or or uh, to your product or to your pricing or whatever it is. So uh, having media partners that you can lean on to, to give you those that traffic, that that sales boost, that check growth uh, very quickly, I think is, is critical. Um, it lets you stay in job longer. It lets you be a more effective leader. It lets you build confidence in marketing as an organization. So the fact that there was a media brand there actually doing that and doing it effectively and, and repeatedly made me uh, want to work more with them. And, and ultimately, they offered me the CMO job to to help bring uh, their offering to more folks. That's really interesting. I didn't know about the little retiring part. You're yeah. you're pretty young to retire. I think you would be super bored, to be honest. <laughs> no, that's that's kind of what happened. You know, I, I was I was 40 when I decided to wrap it up. And I kind of had in my head since my 20s that I wanted to do that. But after about two or three months, it it is it's not as exciting as I hoped. So <laughs> I'm ready to get back into it. Well, great. I'm sure Ground Truth is very happy that you took on the role. Uh, You've been able to do some really great things there in the amount of time that you've been there so far. I'd love to hear a little bit more about who and what Ground Truth is and what are some of the solutions that you kind of brought to the table and have evolved since you've been there. Yeah, so so Ground Truth is a media company, um, has its own DSP, has its own platform, uh, does manage services, does reseller services. Uh, but fundamentally, it takes real-world behavior. I mentioned location, purchase data, basically things that give an indication of, of a potential customer's intent, allows you to buy media against those intentions to those audiences, and then actually measure whether someone actually shows up from that experience. So we can measure, obviously, web traffic, but foot traffic as well, uh, and are working on measuring other you know, manifestations of that, of that media. 
So I think the the differentiator between Ground Truth and a lot of media partners is you're not making a bet on reach necessarily. You're making or or likes or click through rate or other media metrics. What you're actually doing is looking at real world behaviors, things that indicate intent that someone wants to be one of your customers or should be one of your customers, and then you're matching it up to you know an actual result that you can you know report back that's meaningful. So that's the big difference and. The change that I'm, uh, I and, and the leadership team in place right now is bringing forward is creating more of those real world behaviors that allow us to measure intent and understand people's uh, what, what kind of customer they should be and whether they are fit for clients and doing a better job at the back end on measurement to understand whether or not that media was effective. And then telling the story about that being even possible, because most marketers, I don't think, understand that that's possible. It's really taking digital marketing, you know, CTV and and mobile marketing and display and and you name social and you name the the the, the resource of digital marketing to where most performance marketing was a few years ago. So we're going past all of that and and actually pulling other mediums into sort of a performance marketing lens, which is just super cool, I think, as a marketer. That is really cool. And, you know, everybody is going after the audience, right? You're trying to create an audience profile. You're trying to find the right audience and and try those, find those people across different media channels and different mindsets. So how does this differ to specific behaviors and what behaviors are you able to track as opposed to just building out an audience and finding those people in that pool of an audience, I guess, for lack yeah. of better word. Yeah. So I think the the real differentiator is that that real world behavior component. So we're not extrapolating based on loose behavior. So an example is, you know, I might Google yachts. I think they look cool, right? I have no intention to buy a yacht. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with Googling yachts. It's fun to Google yachts. But uh, despite me watching YouTube videos potentially on yachts and Googling them and you know, joking about, you know, um, one day we're going to buy a yacht with friends on a social network. The intention isn't real there. Uh, mm. It's it's just me talking. It's me having fun. You know, my wife, you know, watches all sorts of real housewives of who knows what, which leads right. her down all these tracks of looking at cars that we're never going to buy and houses that we're never going to buy and vacations we're never going to take. I think a lot of your online behavior is is where audiences generally are built from your online behavior. And I and while there's some online behavior that is intentional that leads you to a purchase, you know, if you're on Amazon actively searching for a thing and putting it in your cart, that might be different. A lot of online behavior is not indicative of real intention. It's more just you playing and thinking and being entertained. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But it's hard for a marketer to buy against, you know, those sort of intentions, those looser intentions. If I physically go into a Toyota dealership, odds are I'm looking for a car. Odds are there's a type of car that I'm interested right. in. And I've got a 15-year-old daughter, so we're going to be buying her a car soon. And when we do that, it's going to be very clear that I am in the market and actively searching for a car. My online behavior is going to be somewhat indicative of that. But realistically, my physical behavior is going to be very indicative of that. I think that's the differentiator, is when the real-world behavior is used as a basis for an audience it creates a level of intentionality that is dramatically closer into, I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to go through and I'm going to purchase this thing. So, so I think that's the big differentiator. I think the other differentiator is because we have the ability to know whether the person served that impression 
actually, you know, goes through with the purchase in many cases or physically shows up to the place where the purchase could occur, that's a big differentiator. All of a sudden, it's not a function of, you know, I have to correlate broad swaths of reach to impact on my business. I can actually see, was there an impact on my business that I can connect to that impression that was served? So I really think it's the the depth that you're capable of, of committing to as a marketer when you have this other layer. I also want to just be very clear. I would not suggest that this is a single standalone piece for a giant brand. You know, when right. I was running, you know, hundred million plus dollar budgets, I would generally, uh, you know, use multiple partners to accomplish different things. When I had a new product, I had to do something a little different than when I needed had a traffic problem or I had a check growth problem or I had a demographic shift I needed to, to commit to. To me, we're we're relatively niche in that if you're looking for a real business result, like traffic growth, as an example, um, we're the kind of partner that can that can help you deliver that. That's great, and it's very interesting personally to see how that's changed based off of how we traditionally buy media and find our audience, right? And I do agree with you. I think it's very important to have partners that are niche or helpful in specific things to get what you need to get done, but also work together and complement each other, right? So if you're working with ground truth in this capacity, and you're using that as the basis of finding the people that matter and the intent that matters, you can then utilize other online partners and, you know, maybe funnel some of that audience into understanding what are they doing online and how does that correlate and then hitting them again in a different mind frame on a different media channel um, and really kind of bringing it full circle. Yeah. And, and that's exactly why we offer, you know, CTV and social and other components, because you might want to apply those audiences more broadly or understand the the impact on things like traffic to your overarching media plan. Um, yeah, agreed. And so, you know, a lot of this is based around understanding where people are, you know, uh, location-based targeting and and location-based data and mobile data and things like that. So how are you capturing this and how are you validating that these things are happening to really understand what to do, how to do it, and when to advertise to them? Yeah. So as far as capturing goes... Uh, we have an SDK and hundreds of apps and all over the place. So odds are you have something on your device that is helping capture data for weather or for traffic or for whatever. And and, and that's that's one of the sources of, of our data. We also own and operate WeatherBug. So that's a, a specific app that lets us gather some of that information. Um, it is all anonymized. It is all, you know, safe. It, it, there's, we don't, we never know if it's Stephanie or not. We right. just know, you know, what this audience is and and how to serve them. As far as like knowing location, we blueprinted thousands, tens of thousands of physical places. And the way that works is we have teams that actually draw the building, you know, the, the physical building, draw the parking lot, and then draw like the retail block that the park that they that the business is in and we can actually see whether when when someone within one of the audiences we're serving crosses the lines of those things in fact we can even differentiate between if you're in the drive-through of a fast food place or if you're inside so uh so it uses uh, blueprinting technology to actually understand where people are along with these sdks that help serve location up uh so we can connect those two two dots there's a lot more complicated stuff in the background that right. loops and make sure they're not employees and make sure that you know it's legitimate traffic and eliminates bots and does all that stuff 
Um, so, you know, when you come to us and you, you, you look at an audience, you say, well, you know, trade desk says I can get some, some 10 times the size. Well, it's because we've eliminated all that crap. So right. it's the actual, you know, vi- verified audience that we can, we can deliver against. Uh, but, but that's kind of the summary of it is we use mostly mobile and purchase data to, uh, to then build around these blueprints that are established in the real world. That's pretty cool. And would you say that that's like your key differentiator from your competitors and other mobile or location-based companies? Yeah, from a tech standpoint, absolutely. And and some people do pieces of that, but when you get down to it, sort of having the full stack and actually with the intention of driving a real business result versus just building up the tech, you know, for us, that's all in service to real behavior that leads to real business results, uh, I think is really what makes us different than everybody else. That's great. And so how are you evolving that? And how are you looking to, you know, what comes next? And how can we utilize this data and this information even further? You know, having that bespoke stance and, you know, a technology that, you know, isn't relatively new, but being used in a new way, really changing the game for you guys. And and where do you see that going in the future? Yeah, the, the biggest expansions are what behaviors we can capture. So what are the signals of intent that are very clear? Uh, if you think about it, your car is gathering all sorts of data that it wasn't gathering 10 years ago. Uh, you've got multiple devices in your home that are gathering data on you right now as you were sitting here. Um, you know, the, the amount of technology that is gathering data on intent has exploded over the last five or 10 years. So that's going to be a, a significant driver for us because the levels of behavior beyond location, beyond purchase data that we can capture are, are going up exponentially. We want to u- utilize those. We do have to validate that they are real indicators of intent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you watch on your Apple TV might be a great indicator of what you really want to buy and do in the real world and spend money on that markers would care about. It might not. So we're validating what really has intent, what can we gather, and, and ultimately what can we safely and in a in a privacy safe way, uh, you know, apply to our audiences. I think the second piece of it is is the measurement piece. It's the back end piece of actually validating that someone took the action you hope they would. Physical location is a great indicator. Obviously, purchase data is a solid indicator. But there's a lot of other variables in there that we're trying to figure out right now. Uh, we actually have a customer advisory board that we're working with. So a bunch of our big customers that we're, we're vetting through how to how to develop that. I'll give you an example. You know, I, I ran big marketing programs for fast food companies for a long time, right? If I show up and I have my three kids with me and my wife, it's one credit card transaction and one visit. Right. But I'm buying for four people. And that's different than if, you know, my daughter drives through the drive through twice a week. It's different. Mm-hmm. The level of spend is different. The intent is different. The occasion is different. How you should market to me is different. Despite those both being a physical visit, you know, counted the same way as a visit and both of them being a, you know, a chink that says, yeah, you got the, you, you bought the, per- you purchased something on a credit card, but without knowing check, without knowing intent, without knowing group size, without knowing some of these other variables, it's really hard to actually connect back to what is the, what is the value of advertising to that person and how should creative, how should media change to influence their behavior? So those are the layers we need to get to. The other component of measurement that I think is really important is marketers have different intentions of real business results. Sometimes you want to grow market share. Sometimes you want to go check. Sometimes you want to grow frequency among current users. Sometimes you, you know, the change, there are changes that there are a lot of different perspectives. And, and sometimes it's actually about change 
of direction and not actually about like a, a media metric I can measure. So we're working with a lot of companies right now that are looking at, you know, I want to see pre-post net of control studies of how traffic changes over time versus the control. Hmm. Well, you can't do that with most media platforms. Right. It's impossible. You know, you have to do that all yourself and maybe manage it properly, maybe not. So when we have somebody that comes to us and says, hey, traffic's been declining. I want to use you as a potential to grow traffic, but I may not see positive traffic from you. I just may see a, a positive change. We want a way to be able to you know, measure that for real. So the measurement side of it's going to get, I think, deep really fast where we want to understand what are the real business results you need? Can we work with you to measure whether that change is actually occurring the way you want it to, to occur? And can we directly connect that because we have things like visit and purchase data and, and other, other data that gives clear signs of, of did you show up and do the thing? Can we connect that back to the media so you have a clearer line of sight and transparency in what is my media doing for me? And those are, those are two pretty big changes. So there's a lot of work to do, but, uh, but we're already starting to see progress, which is, which is very exciting. That is very exciting. And speaking of metrics, like what are some of the metrics that your clients use to deem successful? And what, what do you think is lacking and needs to be developed in order to really put all the pieces in place? Yeah, so there are a lot of the traditional media metrics. You know, some people use reach or or, or conversion or, or click through rate or things like that as indicators that creative is working or media plan is working. But I think the the bigger are usually things like foot traffic. They want to see more people show up to a retail location as a specific example, or more people show up to a website that ultimately lead to higher conversions. So good, you know, audiences showing up to uh, places like a website. I think uh, another one that is significant is people are trying to understand how media affects change over time versus just within a particular campaign. You know, we always mm -hmm. talk about media halos, like you run a campaign and you see a couple of weeks of benefit post campaign. Flighting is really important. Like if you understand that I can run three big blitzes a year and that drives my business all year versus two or six, that can be a dramatic shift to your business. Yeah. So understanding like the frequency of marketing and level of marketing necessary to actually break through, that's an important factor for a lot of folks because they want to you know, be efficient and, and have the highest return on their marketing investment. At the end of the day, most are ROI based, but how they define like return does change business to business. Um, we've got one customer right now that all they want is for a person who shows up the first time to show up a second time within three weeks. Because they know if they can get that ha to happen, their chance of getting them in a loyalty program goes up exponentially. And when they get right. in the loyalty program, they got them for years. So that specific need, that specific business result really does vary client by client. So we have to figure out what are the best things we can bring forward to the market as a whole and serve the most people effectively. That's pretty interesting. And seems also a little bit more complex, right? Like we're going beyond ROI, CPA, clicks and you know, reach or volume or whatever that is. So, you know, are you finding that these clients are equipped to take on these types of tasks or is that an additional service that you guys kind of offer in terms of analytics and optimization, right? Where there's so much new information coming in that matters more than maybe that click, you know, especially with the offline data where you're getting, you know, physical um, foot traffic and purchases that you otherwise might not see if you didn't have a program like this in place. So how is that kind of coming together? Like, how are you bringing the offline traffic into the online world 
being able to intelligently validate and marry that? And then are your clients actually utilizing this information or are you able to provide them the guidance to properly utilize this? Yeah, we're, we're at the start of the journey here. So we're <laughs> very much at the beginning, but we do have clients that are actively now correlating what they're seeing from a visit standpoint to what's happening in their net traffic and the shift in traffic. We have clients that are looking at trend changes that are occurring in their business and they're connecting that back to the data they're receiving from ground truth so they can understand the effect of their media. It is, a, you have to have a pretty good relationship with someone before they'll do things like share in-depth POS data or sales data or check data or whatever. But we're finding that the clients that we do have those relationships with, they're willing to have that conversation because they want to know that they can achieve the result. Right. At the end of the day, nobody spends money in marketing for what you generally see in a marketing dashboard. You don't spend money in marketing to get a higher you know, impression count right. or a higher click-through rate. That stuff is, those are indicators of potential success. But you can't have a conversation with your CEO or your CEO or your board about your click-through rate. They don't care. They care, are people showing up? Do we see traffic? Do we see check? Do we see sales improvements or, or market share improvements or other things that are indicative of this is actually gonna grow our business? So the short answer is yes, we have clients that are working with us right now on, on connecting the dots between what we're doing in media and what's happening in the real world for them. Visits are, are a, a first step that helps them sort of get that wrapped around that this as possible, that you can actually accomplish that. But we're going to need to go a lot deeper. We're going to need much cleaner connections and, and more direct connections into sort of what's happening in someone's business to really understand the effect of media. And as we all know as marketers, this is complicated, right? Message media creative. There's three big components and there are a million other components like pricing and the product itself and mm -hmm. all these other things that affect the outcome. So ultimately we want to try to isolate it down to the things we can control and compare it against something that is not you know, affected by that stimulus and see, do we have a positive outcome? And when we don't, we can break it down, which it happens pretty rarely, but it does happen. You break it down to figure out, okay, well, what's missing here? Was there a creative issue? Was there a product issue? Was there a pricing issue? Are the audiences wrong for some reason? Like what's going on? And that's a much better conversation than does marketing work? Yes or no? Because that's not, that's not even a, it's not healthy. That doesn't even help and anyone. Oftentimes, right? if the program isn't working, it's very hard to drill down to see exactly why because of the metrics that we have at hand. You totally. know, or there's no real concrete evidence that maybe it's the audience or maybe it's this. Like in some instances, obviously there are, but when you're looking, like we said, at a traditional dashboard, it could be a specific setup issue or a targeting issue that's just bringing down the whole program. And if you're not really able to drill down into it to identify it and fix it, then you come to the question, is it's just not working for me? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's sad to me that a lot of organizations do not look at marketing as an investment. They look at it as a cost because they mm. don't understand the relationship between that investment and not just media, but marketing in general and the effect on their business. Right. It's it's to me that the organizations that are sophisticated enough to understand that connection and, and the, the limitations that exist within the connections you can make in those connections are the ones that generally benefit the most. Mm -hmm. uh, the brands that we know and love, you know, the brands that I have littered all over my back wall here that I that I use as examples all the time are ones that begin to understand that connection. I want to be a driver. I want Ground Truth to be a driver in helping more companies understand that connection and ultimately make marketing an investment versus a cost.
That's, that's really great. And um, a great take on it and a great place to be, to be able to put that forth where a lot of other people can't. How do you think this ties into the fall of the cookie and privacy? I know everybody's really nervous about privacy. Well, everybody who's not in the industry, I want to say is nervous about privacy because they don't understand it, right? And on mainstream media, they make it very scary. So with something like this, where now you're taking real life experiences and and real life actions and marrying it with online actions, while it is all anonymized and there's no... PII, personal identifiable information included in there, you know, how are you kind of working to combat that with some of your clients that might have that concern, as well as the fact that um, there's a lot of change happening within privacy and, and cookies and things of that sort? Yeah. So I think, I think losing addressability, the, the ability to actually target someone specifically based on things like real behavior is, would be a huge loss to marketing. We've returned to the days where only the big guys can be successful because it's tonnage. It's just spend all you can everywhere and waste, you know, is just a part of the, the puzzle that you have to deal with. So I don't think losing addressability is a positive thing for consumers or for marketers uh, at the end of the day. I don't want to be served ads that are un, uninteresting to me, that are unrelated to what I intend to do and buy and, and experience. So I think losing addressability is a bad thing, but also bad actors in the space that aren't being safe with data are a very bad thing too. Yes, There is a safe middle, I think. And fortunately, you know, we have some technologies that allow us to one, keep things totally anonymized to keep us privacy compliant. Um, but actually more technology is even being developed that we can go above and beyond that. We're literally like, we have a technology, for example, that, that right now is in, in test that keeps the information on your phone. It never leaves your phone. Your phone decides, or your CTV decides, or your Roku decides what ads you are served based on the audience that you identify as, and no one sees it ever. Right. So that's we just great. Get a, yeah, we just get a ping back that knows that an ad was served, and that's it. We get a counter. But there are technologies like that that are that are being developed right now. We have one. We, we affectionately call it Goat. Um, you know, uh, but it's it's uh, it's basically an on-device technology uh, that exists. We don't have it implemented everywhere yet because we don't have a lot of people asking for it, and it, it does change the way you can view you know things a little bit. Um, and not all devices are capable of it yet, but there are going to be technological breakthroughs that allow that to still happen. Right. Um, and and even if it can't happen in the way it used to happen. Uh, there needs to be ways to have clean audience addressability. Otherwise, it's going to be really tough to have effective performance campaigns, certainly, but ad campaigns in general, uh, especially if you're a smaller brand. So I, I have no fear that that we will continue to adapt and the industry will continue to adapt and we will be privacy safe while having uh, the ability to, to address individual audiences. That's great. And, you know, part of that also is the experience of the user, right? And ensuring that, they have a sound experience. So, you know, why do you think brand building and, and customer experience is so important? And how are you guys keeping that top of mind when you are serving these ads on people's phones or or know when it's time to show them an ad? And how how is that kind of working for you guys? And how are you taking that into consideration with what it is that you're building and, and the next level of your technology? Yeah, so we do a lot of consultative work with our clients to make sure that the stuff they're putting in the world is, is going to be effective and will be received well and, and with the right people. Obviously, at the end of the day, your, your real business results suffer if your ads aren't being delivered appropriately uh, across whatever device they're being delivered on. So, 
So that there is a lot of hands-on right now. Um, we're building some technologies. They aren't quite ready for prime time yet, but we're building some technologies that will help automate things like understanding what creative will be most effective, understanding what audiences will be most effective. A little bit of that's built already into things like our platform, but ultimately uh, that's going to get a lot better over the next year or so. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about AI and some of those technologies. Well, that's getting baked into everything, right? Right. Uh, so ultimately, we need uh, we need the guidance necessary for someone, you know, pushing an ad into our platform, as an example, or working with our managed services where we put the ad in the platform. Uh, we need to know very quickly whether the creative, the message, the audience is going to work before we start actually serving ads. We don't want to use ad dollars to learn that. So, so yeah, the tech is evolving quickly and our tech is evolving very quickly, but no announcements today. Uh, there'll be some stuff coming up uh, in the next few months, though. That's exciting. And who who is your target customer? Like if someone is interested in working with you, you know, what are the criteria to be able to work with Ground Truth and who are maybe some of your customers now and and how that's working for them? Yeah, so we have we have thousands of customers right now. We have hundreds of managed customers and and thousands of people who use our platform to to basically use our our audiences and and our targeting uh, themselves. Fortune 500 companies, a lot of them use us, especially in the CPG space and retail space and restaurant space. Basically, the the kind of perfect customer for us is if you need someone to show up somewhere to buy something, um, that is the perfect customer. Having said that, uh, we can we can work with others, but but if you are a CPG manufacturer, you know, making something being stocked at Target or Walmart or wherever. You know, we know whether or not we're, we're growing our market share or not, and people are showing up to buy the stuff. So um, so that is kind of the perfect customer. Uh, but it, we do go down to a lot of smaller brands. You just need to have some real behavior that's of interest to you in the audience. So when we turn down business, typically it's because people don't know who their target is. Mm-hmm. They want to, you know, when I hear, when I hear stuff like, who's my target, everybody with a wallet, that's not interesting to us. Because that, you know, you can use anybody to try to do that. But at the end of the day, you're probably not going to actually accomplish some grander goal of driving it in through everybody with a wallet. Also, the people who aren't measuring success on the back end, the people who they just want to do marketing because they think it's the right thing to do versus, you know, or spend a budget versus people who want to accomplish a goal. So for us, um, we want people who know who their target is or want to learn who their target is. Um, or people who who want to accomplish a, a real business result that that ultimately uh, is bigger than serving impressions. And what are some of the things that your current clients are asking for or talking to you about at this time? And how do you think that that's going to evolve over the next year or so? Yeah, a lot of the conversations we're having are much higher level marketing goal organi- uh, conversations that really don't have anything to do with media yet. It's more like I have this problem. And those are, those are great. We love having these discussions. Like I have this problem. My customer base is getting too old. Or I have this problem that, you know, my customer base, you know, doesn't have any money right now because the economy is shaky. Or I have this problem that, you know, I have a competitor that just came in market that's, that's you know, starting to hurt some of my stores. Usually it's a, a higher level issue. And we love those conversations. That's exactly what we want to talk about. Because that takes us to a place where we are open to saying, well, what's the right audience to reach? What's the right creative message to deliver? What is the way to actually help solve that problem versus you want to buy CTV, which is nothing wrong with that. Well, if you want to buy CTV, great, but we'd love to talk about the problem (laughs) first and then understand that you want to buy CTV or you want to buy mobile or you want to buy desktop or whatever the the source is or social, whatever it is you're interested in. Um, So I think those are the conversations we're mostly having. This is the problem I have. And because 
the economy is a little shaky right now and everybody's scared about a recession or has been for the last year really scared about a recession, um, the problems have gotten more interesting and bigger. Uh, Yeah. And I think that that's very telling, right? Here's my problem. Can you be a solution for it is a much better fit than I want to buy social. I would kind of rebut that with, well, why? You know, and why do you think that that's where you want to be? Um, Is it because that's where your competitors are? Is that where you think that your money would go the best, uh, be best spent? Is that where you think your audience is? Because I feel like with Ground Truth, there's so much more that you can tell them that would be more valuable than just wanting to buy a specific media channel. Yep, yep. And and we are behind the scenes, you know, we're we're the ones that are working with the agency to figure out the audiences. We're the ones working with the brand sometimes to figure out, you know, the right play here. But we're not going to be a household name anytime soon. That's not the intention. You know, we want to be known as kind of that secret tool or not necessarily secret, but that tool that an agency or brand can pick up when they have a problem that they want right. to solve. Uh, so I think that's that I like being in those conversations. It's very interesting to talk to a CMO or, or the head of an agency who's really struggling with, you know, a broader problem. And sometimes we say, you know, this happens in a, probably three or four times a month. We say, you know, I don't know if we can fix this problem with media. You right. know, this is like a pricing problem or a product positioning problem or a market fit problem or whatever. And, and that's not our job is to give them, you know, you got a pricing issue. But ultimately, if that's where we land, it's I would rather not take someone's, you know, media dollars and help them understand, hey, from our perspective, you got to fix this before we're going to see a benefit. And I think that that is building trust and, and, you know, being more valuable to the potential client than just taking their dollars and doing what they want. Right. If you're saying, Hey, you have, we're identifying this, go fix that. This isn't going to work for you. That's a lot bigger than just taking their money and having it be a waste. And while that's not your job and that's not what you do, at least they know, okay, let's go back and revisit this. And then I'm sure 99 out of 100 times they'll come back and be like, hey, now we have this fix. Thank you so much. Let's let's do this, you know, because it's really taking it a step further in being an actual partner and not just being another media technology that is is dumping money into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't give advice unsolicited. So if someone asks, we'll, we'll talk so when it comes down to it. <laughs> Uh, we want to make sure people get a real business result. That's the intention. And and if I think if you're spending media dollars or, or any marketing dollars and you're ultimately don't have your eye on what you're actually trying to affect in your business and you're more looking at your internal metrics, um, it, that's a that's a very short road to be on. You're just yeah. not you're not going to be successful as a marketer that way, I don't think. So what do you think, in your opinion, is going to be like the next big thing in brand marketing that everybody's really going to want to be a part of, be talking about, you know, maybe next year, maybe three years down the road? You know, what do you think is going to be the next big thing in brand marketing? Yeah, so I think, you know, there's this interesting pendulum that swings in marketing. You get sort of this time where everything is about performance. And then there's a time where everything's about brand. You know, I think the pendulum is starting to, you know, creak a lot in that those two things are not separated anymore. If you're doing your job right, you should have layers to your plan and know what those layers are accomplishing. And this may feel like it's not the next big thing. But when I see, when I hear someone say like, we got to be on TikTok, here's X, Y. TikTok's great. If you're trying to accomplish something specific, TikTok right. can be awesome. You know, you don't don't ignore, you know, emerging platforms or, or TikTok's even emerged. TikTok's saturated at this point, right? 
So, uh, so don't ignore the new thing, but you have to have a clear intent for it. And then you have to have a clear measurement underneath to justify that intent. And it doesn't have to be a short-term measurement. It can be a really long-term measurement. You know, if TikTok's your thing and the reason is you're trying to grow among a younger demo and you need over the next five years to change the course of who your primary customer is, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not measuring it and you don't have an intent in the first place, you're just throwing tactics at the wall and that's not going to accomplish a thing. So I, I think the thing that's coming and we're starting to hear from big brands, especially is like responsible brand building, hmm. which I'm not coining a phrase here. Cause I don't know that that's, that, that might be too, you know, negative when I put responsible in front of it, but it's like brand building with clear intent and intent that has a business reason underneath it that you can articulate clearly. It's not a, we're going to do the cool thing. I mean, you know, go back to, you know, my, the thing that most people reference back in my career, Wendy's. When we built the social digital team at Wendy's, when, when I built out that team and we ultimately created uh, that brand shift, the reason we did that was to change the perception of our brand among a specific demo. It was very intentional. Right. We had a traffic problem, especially of people under a certain age, and we need to change the intent while expanding our ability to actually effectively buy media and TV had sort of run its course. We were only buying so much in TV and TV wasn't making us cool. And that's the shift we needed. We need to be more cool. So there was intentionality underneath it and a clear measurement behind it that did take time. It, it took two plus years before it started to manifest in real business. But without that intention uh, and without that measurement, I don't think you can be successful. So and and I I want to give credit to the people in big in brands that are, you know, saying the cool thing, but not saying the measurement or saying the intent that they have the measurement, and the intent. But I think we need that. And I think you need to say what it is. So uh, I think that's the next big thing. I don't think it's a platform. I don't think it's a shiny new object of, you know, everybody's, you know, we, we sell CTV. I love CTV. Is it the next big thing? It's already a big thing. So I don't right. know if it's the next big thing. I think in the end, it's intentionality, responsible brand building that lets you grow love for your brand while keeping an eye and a measure on what you're doing to the business in the process. So it doesn't become... You know, I love the fact that my teams have won Clio's and, and Lions and Effie's and all kinds of stuff, but that's not the point. Right. The point is not the trophy. The point is not the headline that says you did a cool thing in marketing. The point should be you're growing the business and your team should be inspired by those cool things that happen along the way to keep growing the business. So I, that may be the old man answer, but that's my answer. Is No, I love it. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I do see that term more recently getting thrown around responsible, you know, brand buying and, and, and things like that. But um, I think the way that you would describe it, it's the truth, right? Have intention, do it intentionally and be able to understand why you're doing it. What's the measurement behind it? Because without those two things, like you're just spending money. Yeah. Yeah. You're just spending. That's money. what gives us all a bad rap in marketing. I think is just spending. Money. <laughs> Don't is. just I mean, spend money. I <laughs> love it. You know, I'll spend your money all day. But you know, the majority of the brands are not really looking for that. Like, there needs to be a tangible outcome. Like you said, they have a goal. They have a problem. They need a solution. And that's really what our jobs are to kind of facilitate that for them. Totally. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. This was great. I really enjoyed our conversation. It went by super fast. I always end the segment with two fun questions. So um, what was your first job ever? Uh, I laid sod, which is like pre-cut grass in wow. grade school. So there you go. 
That's Here's cool. The knuckles, by the way, don't do it. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you work for like a landscaping company or something. It was a friend of a friend who had a landscaping company. And during the summers, I would, you know, go out on the truck and put the grass in. So, you know, I can repair a patch of grass in the yard still. Uh, so it was a nice. useful thing to learn. Yeah. And if you could choose a different career, money doesn't matter, location doesn't matter, what would you, it be and why? Um, biology. So I was a biology major through most of school, uh, most wow. of my college. So I, I switched to marketing because one, I didn't want to be in school for 20 years, I learned. And I hated <laughs> chemistry. Oh my God, I hated chemistry. Um, but I'd probably be in biology. Wow, that's pretty cool. Any specific type of biology? I just like cause and effect. I like the fact that things are the way they are. And it took, you know, millions of years to get that way. So, uh, so not really just, just, I like that stuff. I think it's cool. That is really cool. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, where can our listeners find you and learn more about ground truth if they're interested in working with you or have additional questions? Yeah. If you search for me, Brandon Roten on LinkedIn, you can find me. Um, I do have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. So it's out there somewhere. Um, yeah, ground truth, ground truth.com uh, is, is our website. Uh, you can go on there and, and reach out if you're interested in, in what we have to offer. Uh, we also have a, a self-service platform. So you can actually sign up from the platform from groundtruth.com. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you, Stephanie.